Good afternoon, everyone. I have the great pleasure of introducing a dear friend and an esteemed uh, retreat support person here at Spirit Rock, Phoenix. This is Phoenix Soleil. And Phoenix has been serving as retreat support at IMS and Spirit Rock for many years now. She's filling in the the same position that Mia and Beth have been playing. So Phoenix is around to support you if you have any physical emergency, a mental, emotional emergency. Phoenix will be your, your contact person. So a lot of gratitude for you being here with us, Phoenix. Thank you. So compassion, and Tuari taught so beautifully yesterday on compassion for ourselves. So I'll say a bit about compassion in general and how we can practice it for others in this session. So one definition I found really helpful, we hear this word compassion all the time, we think it's good, we should have it. But what, what is it actually? And I thought the question this morning was really wonderful in terms of parsing out how do these all kind of fit together. So Twer and Eugene gave beautiful answers around metta being this basic friendliness. And then simply when metta turns towards suffering, it becomes compassion. And the way I like to think about compassion is it is that first turn towards suffering and the courage, the bravery to be right up close face to face with difficulty. And I know in talking with many of you are right at that moment, that point in the retreat where we start to really feel that, oh, face to face with whatever our version, our flavor of dukkha or suffering might be. So that first part of compassion is this bravery, this turn towards, not the knee-jerk pushing it away. It's this turn towards, oh, I care about this, that phrase. I care about the suffering, I care. But we don't stop there. That that's the first half of compassion. And then the second half of compassion is, how can I help? I want you to be free. I want to be free. I want you to be free. And that second part is kind of active. It's this active wish. So we hear that in the other phrases. May you be free of suffering, your pain, your sorrow, your fear. May you be peaceful. And it's that second part that's really active, this altruism. I care about this and how can I help? This is energizing. And so often we get stuck in the first part and we get overwhelmed with the pain. But when we have this wish, and I want to be free, and how can I help, what can I do? It actually pulls us up and it's quite uplifting. So in the traditional teachings on these four Brahma Viharas, these four divine abidings, there's the resting upright in the experience of metta. And then there's these 
ways that we topple into what is called the near and far enemy. And the near enemy in particular feels kind of like we're in that territory, but it's not actually. So with metta, you've probably experienced this where we're, you know, friendly, kind, sending good wishes. And then we find ourselves attached to the outcome. Like, may you be happy and safe. I really want you to be happy and safe. And that's so that I can feel okay. So that's the near enemy of metta is this kind of attachment. The near enemy of compassion is overwhelm and grief. Anybody feel some of that today? Yeah. So in some ways, it's a good sign we're in the territory of compassion. But when we start to feel that we're overwhelmed and grieving, you can remind yourself, oh, I just need that little tip towards the altruistic view, and I really want to help. What can I do? And remember that compassion is uplifting, that when we're truly centered in compassion, we feel good. We feel energized. We feel empowered by that wish. And as we're practicing it, of course, we know the whole territory. So we get to know all the ranges. It's not bad if we're overwhelmed and grieving, but it's helpful to know and name it. Okay, we're in the territory of compassion. We're not quite there because compassion feels good. And you can use your body as a barometer around that. And the invitation always when we do find ourselves in that near enemy territory is to resource. Okay, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. I'm going to feel what's pleasant in the body. I'm going to go sit in my favorite spot outside and watch the hummingbirds, listen to the hummingbirds. So that you're giving yourself a little support resource so that then you can come back to the pain again face-to-face and have that altruistic wish without getting sucked down into it. So I have a story from the summertime. So we've been in these cabins in the winter, and then for the summer, because of forest fire danger and smoke in Oregon, we went to the forest refuge on the East Coast in Massachusetts. There's another different kind of retreat there, really beautiful, practicing with other yogis, a little bit more like you are here, and a lot of teacher support. And so I was doing all summer, July, August, September, I did a Brahma Vihara retreat. And I worked through sequentially metta, then karuna, the Pali for for compassion, then mudita, upekka. And in compassion, this was my deep learning, actually, just this summer, was that it feels good. Like, I was surprised. I thought the whole week of compassion be face-to-face with dukkha and suffering my own and the whole world. But I found with this lot of metta, you know, good foundation, there was a kind of buoyancy, an ability to be with the pain without getting sucked under. So right in the middle of my compassion weeks, a new yogi came. And so this new yogi was my neighbor. And you're probably finding it's kind of a big deal who's in your, you know, your room or next to you, you kind of navigate the ways, you know, it's kind of a big deal. He arrived. And uh, this yogi had some physical limitations. And in particular, like breathing heavily in the mask when we were in the, in the hall. And then, you know, going up and down the stairs was difficult. And I chose this, this yogi as my neutral person for compassion. 
So I was doing my compassion for him, and you know, pretty soon your neutral person becomes not a neutral person anymore because you care about them. So I'm doing you know these phrases and feeling very close, you know. And our our walls are very thin at the forest refuge, so I could hear you know what time he went to bed and when he woke up and. Feeling like, oh, we're just neighbors, we're friends, we're doing this together, and feeling uplifted. And then one day, he fell down the stairs. And uh, oh, I just felt my whole heart break open in that moment. Like, wow. Samsara, samsara is like the, the circle of suffering. It just sucks. It really sucks. And, you know, this moment of, like, do I help? Do I not? How, like, what can I do? And it was a lesson in, I didn't get overwhelmed. I still felt okay, but I could open to the sadness of it. So it was interesting to watch the mind that was kind of, like, tipping into that grief, but it didn't tip. It just was open to the sadness and the deep, the deep poignancy of that moment of feeling this person suffering and wanting so badly for it to not be this way. And so in compassion, this whole realm of you can feel sad, right? There's a lot to feel grief for. And the training is to watch how can we stay in our center? How do we stay upright in the storm to be steady as the whole world is shaking? And of course we won't, we topple over. Sometimes the image that was coming to me in my practice was, you know those kind of puppets or dolls that like, they, you know, you push them over and they kind of like pop back up. Practice does that over time. It's like, yeah, we sort of fall off our center and then we can kind of come back into balance, kind of like Hakim's movement, you know, back in. So that's the, that's the compassion practice. We learn so much about how we're relating to suffering, don't we? I think particularly the fourth day, we're really getting into it. We're going, taking the deep dive, and we're really, we're understanding grief. We're understanding all the ways, our habits around what we do when we push away the difficult. And in some ways, this wanting to, you know, fix our back pain and to fix the past and all the mistakes we made to be a different person, we want things to be different. Essentially, that is compassion. That is this wish. I want to be free of this. So you can trust that, even though we struggle, you know, and we get stuck in aversion. Go back to the seed of this is my human birthright. I don't want to suffer. And there's a kind of upliftment in that. Yeah, that's compassion. Shift your posture. What can I do to help? And sometimes just that wish, often when we're doing compassion for others, that's enough. That here as we're doing the phrases for our friend or our neutral person or all beings, just sending that wish is enough. Powerful. And through this, the power of compassion practice, it's like we're transforming all that grief all that overwhelm, the anxiety, the suffering, when we can be with it in a courageous and brave way, and we trust our good hearts and our wish, may you be free. We transform the suffering. It becomes compassion. It's a kind of alchemy that happens. 
so that instead of feeling mired in all the difficulty, we can be there and feel it strengthening our compassionate heart. I can be with this, and I can trust that through this practice, I'm changing it, I'm helping. This practice is helping me get free. And as we do the phrases again and again, our faith grows that this is true. So another Rilke poem, this is translated by Joanna Macy, called Let This Darkness Be a Bell Tower. Quiet friend who has come so far, feel how your breathing makes more space around you. Let this darkness be a bell tower and you the bell. As you ring, what batters you becomes your strength. Move back and forth into the change. What is it like, such intensity of pain? If the drink is bitter, turn yourself to wine. In this uncontainable night, be the mystery at the crossroads of your senses, the meaning discovered there. And if the world has ceased to hear you, say to the silent earth, I flow. To the rushing water, speak, I am. And if the world has ceased to hear you, say to the silent earth, I flow. And to the rushing water, speak, I am. And so this was a a key part of the Buddha's teachings. He said, and when we're mindful, we actually are using our awareness, our presence as a remedy for our grief and sorrow that we learn to feel deeply the movements of the heart. We get familiar with our natural response, which is compassion. We use this phrase that we're loving it all into being. Joanna Macy is such a wise source for this this teaching, especially when we become face-to-face with big dukkha, the world suffering, these big problems that we stay sustained in all these problems by loving ourselves and loving the world into being. She says, don't let urgency deprive you of the capacity to let life through the biggest doorway of your being. And that's what we're doing. We're just growing this big doorway so all the sorrows and all the beauties and pass through. So I'll just say a little bit more about compassion for others, about the relational aspect of this, and then we'll do some. So I've been speaking to many of you. Have you noticed that we're pretty social beings? We're pretty relational. But as much as we kind of live as if we're in a void, we move through the world as if we're separate, that we're impacted by all these bodies around us. 
we like some, we don't like others. We have all kind of commentary about what other people are doing. And so like Eugene, I also really love to look at word etymology. And today to me, it feels like tenderness is such a word. It's in the field, right? We're tenderizing. And so I looked up this word, this root, that ten, tender, tenderness, it's a, it's a common root. It's attention, tending to, caring for. It also is part of the word temple, a sacred space, tendril, like a, a, a tenor. There's actually a relationship to sound and resonance, right? It's like a, a string that's plucked, and then we have this kind of resonance. Compassion is a lot like that, you know? We see this yogi fall, and the heart is like, oh, ripple in the field. Tent, protection, shelter. Yeah, to stretch. There's a connection there in tenderness. So really beautiful word, I think, that that connotes so much tenderness, our connection. And then in Tibetan, we have this beautiful word, tendril. Anybody studied Vajrayana, you might have heard this word, tendril. It's the word for interdependence. Ten means to depend, to depend on each other. And drel means connection. So in the more scholarly text, it can mean the 12 links of dependent origination, which you can talk about later. But in colloquial Tibetan, tendril means the sacred karmic connection be- between a teacher and a student. And that in some ways, the, when we practice together like this in Sangha, we're creating tendril with every other being here. We have this now. Whether you like it or not, we have tendril we have this karmic connection. And my Tibetan teacher was known as the master of meaningful connections because he knew this, that every being he met, there was that connection. This beautiful story of him teaching. This was uh, Kalu Rinpoche. He was one of the first Rinpoches who came from Tibet, did a lot of retreat in the mountains in Tibet, and came to the West, to Vancouver, Canada. And he was teaching, this is in the 80s, long time ago, all these kind of hippie students in the park. And uh, he was giving his teaching, and they had served him apples and different snacks. He had these apple slices. And at some point, he's giving these deep Dharma teachings. He started throwing apple slices at his students. <laughs> throwing one at you and one being you. It was hitting these students, right? And one of my other teachers who was there at the time, you know, at first he was sort of shocked and thought it was weird. And then he realized what, what Kalu Pache was doing was creating tendril. You know, and just that impact, that feeling of like, oh, the connection. And so as we do this compassion practice, you can rely on that. That even though it feels like, oh, I'm just wishing, I'm not doing anything in the world right now. But as we send out these compassionate wishes, there is a tendril. There's a ripple. It makes a difference. Hmm. Different cultures, I think, understand this better. I was so lucky to get to practice in Hawaii for a while at another Tibetan temple. And my friend George, he was Okinawan. 
There's a very strong Okinawan culture in Hawaii. And they have this word, yuimaru, which in Okinawan, it means a warm-hearted and friendly cooperative effort. You know, I think in Okinawa, they just understand. Like, yeah, we're all connected. We do this together. And through this, we wake up. And we need each other to wake up. Same thing in Ubuntu. My friend in South Africa, Nolita, she teaches, I am because we are. And so as we send out our compassion to other people, we're just honoring the truth of this. Thich Nhat Hanh calls it the interbeing. The Dalai Lama calls it universal responsibility. And so we know that in this interconnected web, all our thoughts, our actions, they matter. They're touching ourselves, other people. We're understanding the power of relationship. And we trust this responsiveness in the heart, the quivering of the heart. We can trust it. It's good. It's powerful. And so Kuan Yin, who's in the back, this Bodhisattva of compassion, she's known as the one who hears the cries of the world at ease. And that's what we're doing. We're training this compassion, this heart of compassion. We're learning how to sit, just like Kuan Yin in this gesture of ease. He's not afraid of the, the cries of the world. And she can hear them all. She stays centered. So shall we do some together? Okay, so traditionally you would start with yourself, and we'll do that. And then we'll move through, we won't do all the categories, we'll just move through. You would choose a, someone who you know who's suffering. And probably best not to choose like your most important person who's suffering. Sometimes that can be a lot. And I know I say that and then we, do, we choose anyway. <laughs> we just go to that person. But if there is someone who's easy, somewhat, somewhat easy, maybe a colleague or a neighbor who um, you know is kind of having a hard time right now, we'll go to that person next. So self and then the suffering being. Then we'll go to a neutral person, someone you don't necessarily know. And it's often nice to do for uh, someone here that you don't know. And if there are still neutral people to you, sometimes we have our favorites and that, you know, but someone who just feels somewhat neutral. Um, the next category, and then we'll go to all beings. Okay. So as was said, I think earlier, it's nice to be comfortable in, in metta or compassion practice. So make sure you've got what you need to stay supported and upright and comfortable. And as we begin, maybe taking a couple of deeper breaths, finding your body in the midst of all this. And if when you come home to your body there's pain, let that be the beginning of your compassion. I care about my suffering. I care for myself. And may I be free of this pain, this fear. May I be peaceful. 
right in the middle of it all. Notice what happens in your heart. There might be a kind of nobility that comes. I care about my suffering. I care about myself. I care about me. May I be free of this pain, this fear. May I be peaceful. I care about my suffering. I care for myself. May I be free of my pain and sorrow. May I be peaceful. And with these phrases, it doesn't matter how you're feeling, it's more the intention behind them. And so we keep repeating the phrases, trusting their goodness. And really keeping a watch out for if we get overwhelmed, then resourcing with going back to your breath or sounds as an object. You can take a little break, just find something pleasant. And then come back to the phrases as you feel more steady and stable. I care about my suffering. I care for myself. May I be free of this pain and this sorrow. May I be peaceful. We start with ourselves because it's helpful to feel already cared for and resourced as we now turn our attention to a dear one who is maybe struggling, having a hard time. And ideally, it's just something small, some little struggle at work or at home. And give yourself a bit of time to really bring this person Maybe it's a pet or a baby. Just bring this being to mind. And you might see them in your mind's eye, have an image of them, or just a felt sense of who they are. They're not just their suffering. There are lots of things. But in this practice, we'll just touch in on what's hard for them. And perhaps notice your heart's response as you really turn towards the difficulty. You see it clearly. This kind of brave encounter. I care about your suffering. I care for you. May you be free of this pain. 
May you be free of your fear, your sorrow. May you be peaceful. Staying really curious about your own heart as you're resonating with these phrases, sending them, see your, your person this being receiving them. My friend, my dear one, I care for your suffering. I care for you. And I want you to be free. May you be free of this pain, this fear. May you be peaceful. You don't have to take on their pain. It's not helpful if you also drown in it. So notice if there can be a kind of uprightness, a dignity in your phrases. Yes, I care for your suffering. I care for you. I see you. And may you be free of it. May you be free of your pain and your sorrow. And may you be peaceful. Notice how all the mindfulness and the momentum you're building can help you really stay steady with this person or accompanying them. I care about your suffering. I care about you. May you be free of your pain and your sorrow. And may you be peaceful. Really see them receiving your wishes. Perhaps even an image of their weight just lifting even a little bit with your care. A sense of accompaniment, this tendril, knowing you're connected and your wishes matter. I care for your suffering. I care about it. I care about you. May you be free of your pain and your sorrow. May you be peaceful. So now we'll choose a stranger, someone you might not know. And often with a neutral person, it can be interesting to think about maybe someone you haven't noticed so well. Someone that has a kind of neutral Vedana for you. Your neighbor, your work meditation buddy. 
Calling to mind an image of them. We might not know the details of their their struggle, their strife. But we can trust that because we share samsara, it's here, whatever that flavor. And you might not feel a lot at first when we do these phrases for the neutral person, but you can trust this good intentions, that just like me, this person wants to be free from their pain, their sorrow, they're here, they're practicing hard to be free from suffering. I care about your suffering. I care about you. They might not know all the details, but I trust our tendril, our connection here. And I wish you to be free. May you be free of your particular pain, your fear, your sorrow. May you be peaceful. Even though I don't know you so well, I care about your suffering. I care about you. May you be free of all your pain, your fear. May you be peaceful. And sometimes in compassion practice, we can kind of numb out. And that's really okay, too. If you find yourself kind of getting dull, spacing out, numb, that's really normal. Just keep going, trusting the phrases. My friend, I care for your suffering. I care about you. May you be free of your pain your fear. May you be peaceful. now we'll do all beings and this one can be kind of fun and creative and again to really watch the barometer of your body your heart your mind that when we come face to face with the dukkha the unreliability the shakiness the struggle in the world 
that it's very easy to get bogged down. But we can also trust we have a lot of momentum already in the practice, and it's the same kind of earth-touching gesture, the Buddha reaching down, knowing your seat. And we can stay steady in our seat, even as we bravely turn, as Joanna Macy invites us to love the world into being. We might turn feeling maybe the waves of our compassion rippling out from this like generator here in this room and feeling it in kind of widening circles around us, touching the animals in this land, the beings, the trees, the earth, dry and hot right now. And then if you know the geography of the region, you might just very lightly, creatively, you don't have to think of every single being, but touch in on beings who are in Marin, in Fairfax, out towards the ocean, beings who are in San Francisco, in the Old Bay, East Bay, North Bay, South Bay. Rippling out beyond the beings, the creatures in the ocean, the waters, the creatures in the sky, the creatures in the earth. And now letting your mind be creative, what comes to mind? All beings who are in boats right now, or all beings who are sleeping, those who are giving birth right now in this moment. And those who are maybe breathing some of their last breaths, just right now. Very small-bodied beings and very big-bodied beings, those who are near and far. Imagining beings on the other side of the earth. People in airplanes and driving cars. Those who are cooking or farming or in some kind of difficulty. We send our compassion unconditionally, knowing there is suffering in this world. And we can, we can let our hearts open to that suffering. We can think of all those who are in prisons, all those who are ill, all those who are caught in war and violence. Notice how your heart is. Know you can be with it. It's natural to grieve, and we have this compassionate wish that things be different. I care about this suffering. I care. Feel the strength of your heart radiating out across the plains and the mountains, the oceans. May all beings, may we be free of our pain and our sorrow, our difficulty. May all beings find peace right in the middle of it, staying upright in this storm. I care, I care about this suffering. I won't turn away. I care, and may we be free. 
May all beings be free from their pain and sorrow. Just in this moment, may they find just a breath of peace. May they find a little bit of ease. May they know that there's a whole room of people here wishing them care. Seeing, hearing. I care about the suffering. I care. And may we all find freedom from our pain, our sorrow, our fear. May we find peace. A lot of this is trusting the strength of your own heart. That we're growing this kind of courage. I care about this suffering. May we be free. May we be peaceful. And perhaps seeing all these beings receiving these wishes, feeling the fish in the ocean, you feel a little tremor. Oh, okay, may I be peaceful. The birds, knowing the trees like it, just feeling, noticing how it is to trust that these beings are receiving our compassion. I care, I care about this suffering. And may we be free of it. May we be peaceful. If you find yourself overwhelmed, just resourcing back sounds or pleasant in the body, breath. And ultimately we come back and we touch the earth beneath us with her as our witness. We can trust the courage and the buoyancy of this heart, this heart-mind that can awaken, that can be free. We can. And so now, just letting go of all the images and all the phrases and all the efforts, letting them go. And coming back to your body and being very simple now, just sitting, knowing you're sitting, lying, knowing you're lying down. There's nothing more to do, nowhere to go. Being very simple. May all beings receive the kindness and the care of this practice. May all beings find their potential to awaken and be free. May 
May we discover that we belong to each other. And may we just keep walking each other home. May we keep walking each other home. Thank you for your kindness and your courage and your compassionate practice. So probably good to go do some walking now, walk it out. And we'll see you back um, for the five o'clock sit. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.